0: With us right now, it's Bernadette Bose. Bernadette, you are the founder of Ball of Fire Coaching. You're found on the web at Ball of Fire firecoaching.com. And you are also a podcast host. Uh, and that co- that podcast that you can search right now, it's called Shedding the Corporate Bitch. Go ahead and search that in your podcast app. Uh, be very careful on how you spell things. Um, and uh, yeah, you should be able to find Bernadette, your show. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to be here.
0: And what do you do, uh, you know, ball of fire coaching, who are you working with and, and, and what outcomes are you helping to create? Uh,
1: I am working with uh, corporate and entrepreneurial uh, executives, middle management to senior executives, CEOs, and I'm really helping them to become a powerhouse leader. So I, I always say that I move them from being so-so manager of people to being a really powerhouse people manager or people leader. Uh, So I want them to really kind of own their own their um, position in transforming not only themselves as a leader, but even their people.
0: Yeah. What does that take today? Like if we want to be a great leader of people, what are people expecting from our leaders?
1: Being people. Um, you know, they want them to be people that they can relate to, that they can collaborate with, that they can talk with, that they can divulge with, that they can, you know, handle issues with, as opposed to just a taskmaster, as opposed to just somebody that's doling out, you know, assignments and tasks, but really, you know, work with them to understand who they are. What are their goals? What are their ambitions? What are their, you know, gaps in their skill sets that are going to move them forward? You know, what are their desires? And, and, um, And uh, aspirations for themselves, as opposed to just expecting them to show up at work and start, you know, kind of doing the work. They want, they want some people they can relate to. They want leaders that they can really relate to and that are people, as opposed to just, I always say robots. Like, we're not robots, we are people, and uh, they need to be empathetic and compassionate and service oriented and really just you know, um, just developers of uh, potential leaders and uh, and and real leaders out there.
0: Does being a powerhouse leader mean that you have to either be, you know, kind of a strong red personality or an extrovert?
1: Oh, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, the most effective leaders I've worked with over the years in throughout my corporate and entrepreneurial career have been more of those. Um, I won't call them introverts, but I'll call them those quiet. They sit back, they listen, they take it all in, and they only speak when they actually really need to, you know, uh, make a point or communicate a, you know, an issue or bring up a uh, question. But uh, no, they don't have to be that if you, you know, at all, if anyone knows the DISC profiles or there's Myers-Briggs, there's a number of profiles out there. But like you said, the red, um, no, they don't have to be extroverts. They can, you know, they just have to be um, courageous. They have to really have a desire, a passion to help others be even better than they are. So they have to really want to, you know, see their their own people uh, develop and grow, uh, and uh, that is what makes a great leader.
0: I'm curious about your observations uh, from a generational perspective. So let's say that someone's listening to us and they say, "Well, um, we're an old company, and I'm managing a bunch of boomers," uh, versus someone who says. I just got put in a new position and it's a bunch of Gen Z's Uh, how might their, how they show up and how they engage with their people might be a little bit different.
1: Well, well, they, and they both have some great opportunities, like great um, strengths about those generations, but they also have significant challenges. So for instance, in the boomers, they're very much set in their ways. And so a, uh, an effective leader, a powerhouse leader really needs to recognize that. And what they need is they need uh, communication, engagement, inclusion around why am I going to be changing? Why do I need to change? How am I going to change? How is this going to affect me? And what is it going to do even to my being that they're seasoned or senior, uh, what is that going to do to, you know, where I want to go before I really kind of end my career? Whereas the generation X's and z's, the leaders of them, really need to recognize that uh, they are in their early years. They do have ambitions and aspirations. They're not looking to necessarily have the same uh, model of, work that the boomers had, meaning they want work-life balance, where the boomers want it too, but for a different reason, because they're you know, kind of slowing down, not just physically, but even mentally. Um, The the younger generation still needs that communication, still needs to know that you're looking out for the best of them, that you're not looking for just workhorses, and that you recognize that they do have Uh, goals, both inside work and outside work. And how can you really tap into understand them and leverage both those internal, external uh, goals and aspirations to the best of, you know, uh, to the benefit and the best of everybody. Uh, So they both have challenges and opportunities uh, that they just need to recognize who they're working with. I have a, um, I do a lot uh, around knowing your audience. And leaders mm-hmm. really need to know their audience of employees, of their staff and mm-hmm. what it is that they want. What you know, And I, I'll often say what turns them on and what turns them off and really tap into both of those in order to really maximize the potential of the people working for you.
0: Yeah. Uh, What other special considerations might leaders have today versus, you know, again, let's say that, you know, over the past few years, um, they they may have initially abruptly moved to more of a distributed workforce or or a team that they're managing. And now it's like, well, I guess we're never coming back to the office. So I, here I am, you know, I'm already managing a department of 25 people and we're all over the place for the most part. Um, Any considerations um, just regarding maybe remote nature of those teams communicating over tools like Slack and, you know, video conferencing, Zoom, et cetera, right. as opposed to, you know, I would say back in the good old days, right? When we were all in the office around the water cooler and, you know, getting right. together in a boardroom kind of opportunity, which just right. might not be happening today.
1: No, right. And, um, you know, it's it's funny because there was a good percentage of people that it wasn't happening before either. I mean, I've been remote since like 97. So, and my whole team had always been remote, but at the same time, it has been exasperated. So what I talk to leaders about, and, and I do a lot of focus groups within, uh, within organizations uh, to really understand from their people what it is that they need. So again, from a leader's perspective, they just need to ask and listen and consider what is it that's going to that's going to um, ensure that everyone is working at their at their best. At the same time, they need to kind of be compassionate to the fact that this is a lot of change that's been going on. And the more you can communicate what you know uh, the change that's happening, why it's happening, the the benefit to to them, the you know, recognizing and acknowledging the potential negative impact. To, to their people, the more that they can be disclosing and transparent and open and, and compassionate about the fact that this is very disruptive to a good number of people, especially different styles. You brought up styles, especially different styles of people. Some are thrilled, you know, cause they, you know, they like to kind of be on their own and isolated and just doing the job. And then others need that engagement. So I think they need to, you know, um, ask and listen and consider, be compassionate. I think they need to work, work a plan and ask your people for ideas into a plan of, okay, so we're going to be remote ninety percent of the time. What are, you know? What can we be doing ten percent of the time to ensure that we are getting touchy feely with each other, uh, that we are being able to work with one another face to face, and then at the same time provide yourself and others education on how do you optimize this environment that you and I are even on, you know, we're on zoom. So how can you best ensure that this environment isn't so taxing and what can you do even from like the backgrounds and the settings? I love yours. It's like, it, it brings me immediate calm, you know, cause you have plants back there and, oh, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and mine's a little sterile, but what can we be helping each other with to make these environments um, that we're now, you know, kind of working in more engaging and more um, energetic and collaborative for one another?
0: Yeah, I I actually, I'm a big fan of, you know, just something which might feel as trivial. If you find yourself on Zoom calls frequently, understand that everything that's behind you and everything you're wearing, everything that's on screen, that is your opportunity to represent who you are. Right. Uh, and it's all fair game. Uh, right. Certainly, if you're meeting with clients, if you have anything to do with sales, your prospects are going to be looking at that and they're going to be coming right. up with ideas about who you are. And right. Right. so, if it's all kind of dark in the shadows, the video quality is horrible, your are backlit, you know, that's, yes. that's, those are, those are negatives and it's unfair to judge that, but it's the yeah. reality of kind of how we do business today. But um, it's also,
1: ne- I want to say it's also negative to yourself. I mean, like oh, I, yeah, I, I, get, yeah. I get dressed up even when I'm working from home, mm-hmm. um, only because that, that gives me a certain energy and a certain focus. Yeah. And so those, you know, you have to consider what is going to bring you energy. If you, if you are living on zoom for 12 hours, um, and what's going to help with others that are, that are interacting with you
0: how do you work for with folks that might be just they go Bernadette I'm just burnt out like I just want to go on like a five-month vacation right now I'm just <laughs> I, I and I, I just need a break from everything I just feel overworked I feel like you know a monkey on stage you know however that might be like how can you like what would you do with them to kind of maybe help them get their mojo back <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I mean, because it happens, right? And it happens often for some people. Um, I would first take an inventory of kind of what are they dealing with? What are they experiencing? What are they feeling? Kind of walk me through a day in the life of you and and what is causing the highs and the lows? What And even like we're talking about, what is the environment? What Who are the people you're working with? What's the type of work you're doing? You know, what are you doing inside and outside of work? And then, you know, we look at even from a time management perspective, uh, because a lot of the burnout uh, certainly can be can be looked at as, oh, God, they're just piling on the work. Mm. Um, But I was even having a conversation with a whole room of executive leaders yesterday, and I was basically saying, you know, if it's a priority for you and if it's important for you, you make time for it. If you, you know, if you think about what, if you want something personally, like there's an item that you really, 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 really want, and it costs a lot of money, you'll do anything and you'll start saving and sacrificing and compromising in order to eventually get that. If you want to get out of being burned out and stressed out, then you'll do the work to really assess what's causing the, the burnout and the stress and the overwhelm. You'll put it in the right context. It's not all that people are dumping stuff on you because you have some control over that. Like what are you doing to address that with your manager or with multiple managers or with your peers? And then what are you asking for from a help perspective to ensure that others recognize that, you know what? You know, I'm drowning and I'm miserable and I'm happy and I'm close to walking and yet I don't want to. So what can what can we do together to to kind of, you know, help this? And and then, you know, it is a matter of self-care. And finding, I don't call it balance because I don't believe in it, but finding a blend of what are those small to big things that, you know, will bring you energy and calm and peace and excitement and joy uh, and play back into your life. Uh, So, so you can find that balance to where, yes, you're going to have long days, but they, and you're going to be exhausted and overwhelmed, but then you're going to also have these outlets.
0: Yeah, I love that. Bernadette, um, your website, I want to make sure we share um, all the resources and ways that you can help folks. Uh, Balloffirecoaching.com. Um, could, could you please maybe share what resource you have available? Please talk about the book and the podcast as well and any other resources that folks can go to and start kind of deepening that relationship with you. And then ultimately, you know, how you work directly with feet, with people.
1: Sure. Well, um, one, you can go to ballfirecoaching.com. And right there, um, you can download a a complimentary uh, ebook that's really talking about the three must have myths to be successful. So basically, you're always told that you must have these things to be successful. And yet, they're not true. And I tell you what you really need in order to be successful. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, my book, Shedding the Corporate Bitch, Uh, is, um, you know, is a memoir slash self-help book around just what do you need to do to recognize those fears, insecurities, negativities that are holding you back in your life that caused you to lash out and providing you tips as to how to overcome those. So you can shift from that B to the rich. So, you know, you shift from bitch to rich uh, and you have what you want in your work and life. Uh, So that book is available on Amazon and or from ballofirecoaching.com. And then, you know, I do everything from one-on-one coaching um, with individuals as well as team or group coaching. I do a lot of uh, different training uh, programs like conflict management, communication, working remotely, uh, dealing with chaos, you know, time management. Uh, I do 360 assessments to help you understand kind of who you are and how others are perceiving you Um, and a lot of uh, self-assessments that really allow you that time that rarely any of us take to really understand who you are and who you want to be and what you need to do to get there.
0: Yeah. Again, your website, balloffirecoaching.com. From there, there's a link directly to the podcast or to our friend that's listening right now. Just go ahead and search for Shedding the Corporate Bitch. You'll find it right there. Um, Your book, uh, also available, um, from the website. And again, you can buy that directly. It's on Amazon. Uh, and again, chatting the corporate bitch, uh, shifting your bitches to riches in life and business. Bernadette Boas, uh, great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.